I'm the doctor. I'm a time time. I'm from the planet Gallifrey, the constellation of Asterius. I see a rising, rising. Time and relative dimension in space. It means life. Greetings, humans, Daleks, Time Lord, and Cybermen. You are listening to Exterminating Doctor Who. This is the show to take unpopular episodes of Doctor Who and debate whether they're really all that bad. With your hosts, Aidan Gula. And me, George Ellis. And in today's episode, we are talking about Nightmare in Silver. Ash. <laughs> That's what happens there, isn't it? <laughs> we, had, <laughs> we, had, we had last week off, so I wasn't very well, but we're back yeah. now. We are back now, as we promised, with Nightmare in Silver. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm much better, thank you, George. I don't really care. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no one in the audience is going to care either. No, they're not. But, you know, for those three people that are like, where were you last week? That's where we were. I was just watching Jessica Jones. Anyway, we are back with Nightmare in Silver. We promised we would. An 11th Doctor episode that we haven't, we haven't done the 11th Doctor since episode two. We are now yeah. on episode 11, obviously. Episode 11, 11th Doctor. Uh, but <laughs> And our first Cyberman, Cyberman story as well that we've done on here. So that's, that's nice. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real landmark, that. It is, isn't it? So... What are your general thoughts on this episode? Because this is a really strange one to me, because obviously I've scheduled it for the podcast, which means that I think it's worthy of a second chance. But when I watched it, I was so bored. <laughs> I sort of thought, does this actually deserve a second chance? Because I don't know, this is the most mixed my feelings have been going into one of these podcasts. Yeah, I can't. It's hard for me to do one... Okay, blanket statement for the whole episode. There's some strong bits. Mm -hmm. Some really, really strong bits. But it's just a bit... <laughs> in other places. <laughs> that's, that's definitely one way to put it. Um, it's just, it's so strange because it was like, I went into it thinking, well, this is it's an all right episode, you know, whatever you think about the Cybermen, I think they're all right in some bits, maybe not in others. Well, there's some nice things here. You know, let's give it another chance. But I've come away from it thinking... I don't know if it's because I do do my little bit of research and see what people say is wrong with it. And then when I watch it again, I see those flaws. I don't know if that's part of it. But I was just watching thinking, I've, I've never really found that many negative things in this episode, but now I can see them all. What's one of them? What's one big, what's one like main problem? Well, I think it's, I mean, it's going to be predictable for me to say it, but of course it's the kids, isn't it? Whatever the names are, Angie and something. First off, why were they in the episode? And I'm sure there's an explanation. Second off, who's brought idea? Okay, kids in... you. Okay, child actors are either really good or they make me, make me want to throw them off a building. But that's, I, that's, a, that's, that's one thing. Why would you write the characters in such a way that one of them is the brattiest brat who's got no redeeming qualities other than you want them to just die? Yeah. 
Yeah, no. I mean, there are there is there's a narrative explanation as to why they're in it, and there's also a production reason as to why they're in it. Ah, uh, production reasons annoy so, me because that I'm, means someone had. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna throw out the production reasons first, really. But but the narrative, right? Okay. Narrative reason is because at the end of the previous episode, the kids are looking at something and they see a picture of Victoria and Clara, and they go, "That's you in it." And then they see Clara. Um, on the Russian submarine from the Ice Warrior episode. How they got that photo, I don't know. But then we go, that's you as well, isn't it? She's like, no, of course it isn't. And they basically expose Clara as being a time traveller. And they're like, show me around your time travelling thing. That's the narrative reason as to why they're in it. So kids have blackmailed Clara into taking... Yes, that's exactly it. They blackmailed Clara into... Because they were like, otherwise... Because obviously Clara's their care in a way and they were like we'll tell dad if you don't take us i mean somewhere right. if someone went up to their dad and if they went up to their dad saying look clara's a time traveler he'd go like this of course oh, she is, that's honey. cool Why? <laughs> they wouldn't just anyway i've got bills to pay so <laughs> moving on with my life in the real world <laughs> the production <laughs> the production reason why is because well neil gaiman wrote this episode who is an incredible writer and this is probably at the bottom of his cv really because probably i mean not he, even on the cv just no i mean he's just the other doctor episode he wrote is the doctor's wife which i think is a great episode uh where the tardis comes to life he's also written he also wrote he also wrote Good Omens, that was him. He wrote American Gods, that was him. Coraline, that was Neil Gaiman. Oh, Coraline gives me nightmares. Oh, ah, amazing, <laughs> amazing, but that that always freaked me out. That was him. DC's Sandman, that was Neil Gaiman. And even Eternals, the Marvel film coming out later this year, supposedly, that's Neil Gaiman as well. He DC's didn't write the... Sandman. DC's Sandman, yeah. What? I'm so, you Have you never me. heard of Sandman's a really popular DC. comic? I'm sure it's DC. I'm going to sound really stupid if it's not, but. Yeah, the DC Sandman. Oh, wow. Okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah. I mean, it took me a moment to figure out who he is, and then I just found this, and it was like, ah, I see. Yes, yes, yes. That's, well, yeah, that's. Hear him, and then I'll understand. Okay. Anyway, that's when you said Sandman, I was like Spider-Man. Yeah, that's that's the problem, isn't it? When there's two called the same yeah. thing. But anyway, that is Neil Gaiman. So he's got a very pop. He's a very popular writer. He's got a lot of good things under his belt. So they were like, "Can you come back for another Doctor Who episode?" And he's like, "Absolutely, sure. I'll do that for you." And he wrote a two-parter about the Cyberman, about the Cyberman, about the Cybermen. They weren't an up- originally an upgraded Cybermen. They were. The 1967 Cybermen had come back the, from the story, The Invasion. Mm-hmm. It was 1968 or 69. I mean, I mean, it would make sense because these Cybermen would be on a completely different location. So for them to be the originals would make sense because the ones we see of the new who originally are Earth, you know? Mm. I mean, those the Cybermen from The Invasion were on an Earth story. Okay. Well, I think, but the I'll come on to this actually here. The idea was this episode would end with every different Cyberman we've ever seen, all their separate armies all coming together. Because throughout the episode, they're talking about how the Cybermen wars, isn't it? There's that going off over there, Siberia wars, whatever they say. So we would have had like the Tenant Cybermen next to the Troughton Cybermen next to the Davison Cybermen. They'd all be together. That was the idea. Because 
they wouldn't all develop together, so they'd all have different. Yeah, yeah, but yeah that exactly. Makes sense. So that was what was originally supposed to happen. Hence why the uh, invasion Cybermen supposed to be in it. So the upgraded Cybermen weren't in the original idea. Okay, um, it's already better. Uh, so yeah, it was supposed to be a two-parter. It's supposed to have a Cybermen war. It's supposed to have the classic Cybermen. And the reason the kids are in it is because I don't think Stephen Moffat was very clear to his writers when he was developing Clara because they'd all seen the episode. They'd all seen the episode where um, she's the Victorian governess. Yes, yes, yes. So they assumed Clara would be the Victorian governess. So uh, the children in this story were originally written as the children from Victorian London. So then when they came around, so then when they came around to it, and Stephen Moffat probably went, oh no, that Victorian Clara's dead. That's a different thing. He's gone, but now I've got two children in my script. What the hell do I do? And he went, oh, I don't know, just babysitter. <laughs> and that's basically, I think that must be how it came in. So that's the production reason as to why they're in yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, that that loses a lot of, like, if they were Victorian kids, then they're going to have, there's, there's already a layer of awe and wonder there. But instead, they're just bratty. Oh, that's... Yeah. I mean, it's, I hate... I often say this. I say, I hate the way adults write kids because you can always tell there's a real generational divide because they've gone, right, kids, what do they like? Phones? So let's make everything about phones. They go, ooh, yep. I can't charge my phone. Can I take a picture of this? I'm like, I'm okay. so bored without my just, phone. And I, th- I look at it, I go, okay, there are kids like that, but this is just a massive perpetuated stereotype right here. And yeah. it's n- it's not true. Mm. Like, and It just annoys people. Who, uh, you, uh, thing is, there are so many examples of kids being written well. I mean, animations write kids well, and that's because, well, could be to be fair, the kids aren't voiced by kids. So. <laughs> yes. My always, my always example, I look at a kid like this, like, the only, what I, whatever his name is, I cannot think for the life of me. She's called Angie, isn't she? Dumber, dumb and Dumber? The girl, anyway. But I look at Angie, but then I look at Laura from Logan, X-23, and I think... Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't I need think, to explain that to me, thank you very much. And I think, look, you've got You've got this child actor and this child actor. Yes, we are on a TV budget. Yes, you've probably just, you know, opened up BBC auditions, gone, any kids around? I, I was going to say go to the local orphanage, but that's that's not that's not very... No. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody, any kids want to be in Doctor Who? Yes, please. Because <laughs> it's cheaper, because you don't have to pay them. <laughs> I've got a Mars bar. <laughs> All the kids following it. Anyway, let's cut that. Let's end that politically incorrect section yeah. there. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it, they just. It's my. It's literally my first note that I wrote down. Kids are annoying and have no purpose. That is the first thing I wrote down because I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> right, solution for the kids before we like. Because have we completely thrown out a rhythm here? We're just going willy nilly, aren't we? What? What will we do to fix it at ten minutes in, if that? <laughs> God, no. There's just there, there, there's just one solution to these kids, which the which Execute. I would. Have, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Well, yes, but also, so there's this thing called the TARDIS. Yeah, could the Doctor not have instead of put the kids in a room completely alone, put them in the TARDIS, just in the TARDIS, that just wait in the TARDIS. And that's next week we're going to do an episode a Capaldi episode called Kill the Moon where he does ex- no yeah it is Kill the Moon he does exactly that 
He gets a kid, just chucks him in the TARDIS, went, right, stay there. <laughs> she, comes, she comes out again, of course, but he basically just throws her in there and goes, right, this isn't safe for you. Just stay there. So that's yeah. what he should have done with these kids here. Like, the kids, okay, the kids could have still wandered off out of the TARDIS, but it just feels like the Doctor's a smart guy. He would have, like, he wouldn't have been like, yeah, this is fine. He would have put them in the TARDIS. Or it's character development, and Peter Capaldi's doctor is really ashamed of how. And he's learned, yeah, he's learned <laughs> from, he's learned from that. He's gone right. I've had kids with me before, so let's just. Yeah. <sighs> okay, where do you want? Right. Usually, I'm, I'm going to be jumping around thematically again, but usually, a lot of these episodes, we can say. Okay, it's a bit crap, but the Doctor saves it. Okay, we've said that a lot. That's been a common theme. I'm not going to say the same for this episode. And you might disagree with me. Uh, part of me does. Because I think I like Mr. Clever, but I'm not a fan of the Doctor in this episode. Because this is, the, Series 7, besides from the Jodie Whittaker series, which obviously rank bottom of my series ranking, but series seven is the next one up from that. So it goes series 12, 11, seven. Because this, I'm not a fan of this series. This, to me, is when they completely lost what the Doctor is supposed to be. And mm. throughout this episode, I was thinking, just stop flaring your arms around all the time, doing all this, everywhere you went. It was so, they completely, like, series five, Matt Smith does that, but it's, in amongst quite a dark doctor then it gets to this series and they lose all the darkness and everything just for him to just be going yeah everywhere all the time. No I'm just, he's just the yeah instead of being this person who's who's giving off this persona to hide the pain he's just this persona yeah and it, it, they completely exaggerated it in fact this episode i was like like i think there's a bit when he finds angie and whatever the boy is called and he immediately runs up to them and like doing all of this around their head and i was like what are you doing man and I don't know if that's a performance thing from Matt Smith. I don't know if it's just a directing thing. I don't know if it's how he was written, but it, they completely lost track of the 11th Doctor in this series, in my opinion. So usually when I'm like, the episode's bad, but the Doctor saves it, I'm like, he really doesn't. Matt Smith maybe saves it, but the Doctor doesn't. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, because I, my view of this Doctor is patchy. I... Apache. A helicopter, yeah. Um, there are some <laughs> moments in this which I really do like from the Doctor, though. Like, there are a couple of highlights which I really am a fan of. I will say Mr. Clever is actually a much more interesting character because the way he speaks actually feels more genuine. But that is true. But, you know, at the beginning where he lands the TARDIS and then he does a little jump around in excitement. I like that bit. Yeah. Because that, that's, I suppose that's, I suppose that's a uh, little build-up where you've got that as quite a just, oh, I'm just quite quirky. I'm here. I'm like, oh, planet, whatever. But it's when it's you get into the thick of a scene, and he's yeah. still, he's still doing all of this. Still and I'm like, you don't oh, feel. I've got more feel, serious things yeah, to deal okay, with. Okay, when you, because Clara is a very strong character, and the problem is, what happened is in this episode, it felt like, although the the Clara was saying she trusts the Doctor and all that, in hindsight, you don't ever actually see the Doctor be all that trustworthy like you you, no. you you she's you you're going off what she's saying it's the classic they're telling you what's happening instead of showing you so you obviously we know the doctor's a strong trustworthy character but in this episode you don't really see that he does clever stuff but it's he also does a lot of dumb stuff to get himself in that position in the first place and no. he does act he's he is a bit over the top quite a lot over the top actually i do agree 
I enjoy, I still enjoyed him though, and I will say he was in better places. than any others. Him and Clark. Okay, list of best acting in this episode. Clara is on top of everyone in this episode. Jesus, no, no. <laughs> I what what website did you watch this episode on? Because that's not the one I saw. Bugger <laughs> <laughs> uh, me. And then you got Matt Smith underneath. And then <laughs> no. Clara's the I, best in this I, episode. <laughs> and um, oh, what's her name? I know her name. Olivia Coleman. She is. Fantastic. Olivia Coleman? Yeah. As in the queen from the crown? Do you mean Jenna Coleman? <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, that's why. Why did I say that's Olivia? Olivia, Col- let me. I've got to Google this because I don't even know the. N- you know who Olivia Coleman is? Broadchurch, the favorite. Ah. Well, there you go. I'm sorry. I'd love to see her playing Clara. That'd be different, wouldn't it? <laughs> Fuck me. Matt Smith flirting with Olivia Coleman. It's like a a, a crown crossover right there. I'm ashamed. Right. So, Jenna Coleman. Yes. Is a standout in the episode. Yes. And then I'd say Matt is next in line because everyone else is abysmal. Well, actually, no. Um, Warwick Davis is very good. Is he, though? No, but he's very good because he's Warwick Davis, but his actual... Up until the point where you discover his character as the Emperor, he's interesting. As soon as yes. he's the Emperor, it's I mean, like... I, yeah, I have a few points about acting. And it's really telling, because I hated Clara when she was in Doctor Who. Like, I absolutely despised her. But since she's left, and we've seen whatever we have in the TARDIS now, I've I've come around on Clara, because I'm thinking, you know what? Actually, you are quite... You can be quite good. I do think she worked better with Capaldi rather than Smith. But anyway, I've warmed well, Because Clara you get rid of that way. love, that... Because we've had that love connection before with Rose and David. But then it feels kind of... It it feels very over-romanticised or a bit too much with Matt and... Yeah. Yeah, Well, I have a couple of other... other, The other points about acting I have are... Warwick Davis is fine as Wicket or as little characters, but I, I love Warwick Davis, don't get me wrong. And I don't, you know, even though you know, famous story about my brother nearly pushed him down the stairs. But, um, <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. Um, uh, what was that? You just brushed over that one. Have I never told you that? Right, okay. So near me, there's this place called Heights of Abraham. Okay. And it's basically this massive hill, essentially. You can only get can only get there by cable car. Well, you can walk or, but it will take you quite a while. So you get there by cable car, then you get up there, and there's all sort of like, there's a park and, cave tours and cave tours and minerals and that kind of thing oh. is that is a touristy thing like that we've been there a few times anyway i was there once as with my brother and my dad i was quite young at this point and i didn't really know who warwick davis was okay. so we're in this we're in this gift shop and he's there with oh. his, and he's there with his family and they're just looking around the shop wow but then we're quite we're quite young at this point and me and my brother went upstairs and my dad was still downstairs. And then he goes, Aiden, Stanley, and calls us down. He's like, where have you gone? So we were like, oh, crap. And I had to run down these stairs. So my brother just saw Warwick Davis and was like, I don't know who you are. And just pushed him out of the way. And we were at the top of stairs. And if he'd pushed a little bit harder, Warwick Davis would have fallen down those stairs. 
So then we ran downstairs and uh, reunited with our dad. And then we were in the queue to get into the cable cars to go down. And there were two, these two girls in the queue in front of us. And they go, um, did you see Professor, what's he, have you seen Harry Potter? What's Flitwick. he called? That flip, Flitwick. whatever, whatever that means. He, they were like, have you seen, have you seen such and such from Harry Potter? And we were like, that means nothing to me. I don't, I haven't seen Harry Potter. I don't know what you're talking about. They were like, oh, well, he's in the gift shop. And we thought, oh, is that that guy we nearly murdered? <laughs> got in the cable cars, went home. This was the eerie thing. The second we got home, we turned on TV. Harry Potter was on and it was his scene. And we went, oh, no way. Like we could have had a photo with him or we could have murdered him. But either way, there he is. You so could anyway, have ended White Davis's career. Yeah, so I feel like by saying his acting in this episode isn't very strong, I feel like I am starting beef with Warwick Davis. But <laughs> he'll rem- if he sees this, he'll remember you and be like, these <laughs> bastards almost killed me. I don't have a good history with Warwick Davis, but I do really like him. But maybe when he's just in costume playing a, char- a character, for want of a better word, here when he's supposed to be giving an emotional speech about what it's like to be an emperor, I was like, I'm not sold on this, really. He just sort of looks into the distance and goes, I wouldn't like to be emperor. And I'm like, oh, come on. That is just appalling. <laughs> right. With that line, you can, you can have some layer of subtext with you, with you actually being the emperor. When he said that line, I was like, are you? And I, there was no, like, I can see the pain. It was like, I'm just seeing you talk about someone who did blow it up. And I was I was hoping it was the doctor, actually, that blew it up. But, you know. I mean, I just love the uh, acting, the Warwick Davis school of acting. It's just look into the distance and say something. Would you like to be Empress? Yeah, don't also, blow, what was that? Blow that what was up? his idea there? <laughs> Let's marry this lady I've never really known. What, what, I how did he think know. that would go? I think, I think the Emperor's probably been me would since this episode. Uh, <laughs> the Emperor, uh, not Warwick Davis. Yeah, not the Warwick Emperor. Davis, the Emperor. I'm talking in-universe. We're not starting something else here. No, I'm really just starting beef with Warwick Davis, aren't I? Yeah. Oh, the other yes, line about act- the other acting... I'm going to get blacklisted, aren't I? <laughs> the only other thing about acting I've written is Jason Watkins Wasted. Now, I think Jason Watkins, who played whatever Hedgewick, oh, was it? Yeah. I don't when know he what first, he means. I plays don't know the, the name either, but yeah. Plays the guy in the amusement park. Anyway, I think Jason Watkins is one of the finest TV actors of our age. I think he's absolutely incredible. When he played the uh, Christopher Jeffries in The Lost Honor of Christopher Jeffries, that is one of the best things I've ever seen. When he played the like journalist, I guess you can call him, in Des with David Tennant, that was incredible. In this, he has a total of about three lines. He goes, oh, welcome to my amusement park. And then for the rest of the episode, he has a prosthetic on his face and just stands still. And I'm like watching it. I'm going, you've got Jason Watkins. I know, they wasted you're it. not using him. It, it, he, he really sold you on the world and it was really interesting. And he's a fantastic actor. But then they decide to turn him into a statue. A zombie, for the essentially. A cyber zombie for the rest of it. And I was just... I, it frustrates me because every time he does talk, I think, yes, let's give me some good Jason Watkins action. But then he's silent for 15 more minutes. And then he might just go, we are the cyber race. And then that's it. He's silent again. And I'm like, ah, you've got Jason Watkins right there. <laughs> Why aren't you using it? Make him the emperor. <laughs> he wouldn't just stare into the distance longingly. I just... Sorry, sorry, Warwick Davis. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm really sorry. I love Tenable. Well. <laughs> the fact and everything you could have said there and you decided actually, yeah, no, I love you, Warwick Davis. I love Tenable. Your game show. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's really, that's his strong suit. Good one, Aiden. Gee. Yeah. I don't I don't care if you've done Willow, you've had your own Lucasfilm film. I don't care. But when you say incorrect answer, that is when you really sell me on your talent. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. God, we're never gonna be famous. Pod, podcaster blacklisted from film industry over insults to Warwick Davis. <laughs> oh, god. oh anyway, let's move on from the acting. <laughs> just so I don't say anything else offensive before we do those soldiers I know you're this punishment oh oh yeah that was just stupid I mean a point I have is they just didn't take themselves seriously like and one thing right Doctor Who this is a this is a big I want to say this to any Doctor Who people out there from past and present why is it when you decide to have soldiers in your episodes you think it's a good idea to put them in laser tag outfits? Why? <laughs> this is an emergency appeal. <laughs> it's, it's like just plastic hockey shit. Yeah, it's, I know what you it, mean. It, it like, lose. We've had soldiers in Doctor Who. David Tennant's era of soldiers unit. They were they they didn't try and put them in plastic outfits. They had them wearing uniforms. But no, these guys wear. It's dumb. It looks cheap, and it I hate it. Stop it. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I just... Do you know the bit when they're, like, plotting their strategy and she's got that little sticker she's going, oh. pointing to all the things on the map? I just... I've never really thought about it before, but it just... It completely lost me because I was like, you're not taking this... We've just had that Cyberman attack when yeah. he's doing... Should we go just, to the silly castle? Or should we... And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, right, that's, that's it. it. I, whatever you think of this Cyberman flash speed, we'll come on to that soon. But... <laughs> but that that whole scene does feel quite threatening. And then it's immediately followed with, shall we go to Nanny Longbottom's Comical Castle or whatever it's called? I'm like, I thought you sound like you're in a carry-on film. I don't even know what you're talking about right now. You've just completely I mean, shattered that point. Doctor Who can have comic relief. It can. But you never hear the Doctor. The only time he's ever cracking a joke in a stressful situation is because he's trying to trick the enemy and he's it's it's a diffusion it's a diffusing diffusion you know it's yes, it's yes. diffusing a situation that kind of thing but if you suddenly have a soldier it it it, 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 it just it's yeah you don't chuck humor it's it's like with when Jodie Whittaker's character Jodie Whittaker's doctor did the bit with where she do you know what I'm talking about I'm trying to phrase it well we've done two episodes so give me more of a uh, the one where she's finding the psychic paper where she goes yes oh, in the witch finders find it yeah, and it's yes, like yes. that. Yeah, you had a strong moment, but you forced humor in the middle of it. Yeah, like you can have humor, strong moment, humor. Don't be trying to jam humor where it should yeah, be going. That's that's it. You need to put it in the right place because there, just that scene where she goes, "Let's go to the comical castle," and then Warwick Davis, sorry again, follows it up with, "To the comical castle it is." Then, and I was like, "Shut up! <laughs> You've lost me." Again, it's Fork Davis that Aiden seems know, to dislike I, in that scene. I know, I'm really not doing, <laughs> not doing myself any favours here. <laughs> no, but no. Acting-wise, let's just talk. Let's round this off with Mr. Clever and the Doctor. I think that's the best way to. Uh... Mr. Clever is ace. 
Mr. Clever is ace. Yeah. Mr. Clever. Because it really, the not the doctor. I always love that because you get to see a side of the doctor that you don't usually see and it brings out those, mm. brings out some truths. It's a shame yeah. we didn't get more of that and we should have seen more truths, but it was yeah, nice thing, seeing that. The thing I really like about it, like you said, it's there's certain lines where Mr. Clever will say something and you like look at that and you think, but is that Mr. Clever saying that or is that actually just the dark side of the doctor? And I really like that mystery. One thing I looked at when I was doing my research for this and people were giving me the negative points. Who, are, you talking some, to? Who are these people? I wasn't talking to anybody. I was watching YouTube videos. But <laughs> somebody something said was like, oh, why does Mr. Clever just look like the doctor? Surely it should have been like a Cyberman in the doctor's head. And I was like, you've missed the point there, haven't you? Because it's not about Cyberman taking over. This is the Cyberman enhancing the dark parts mm. of his personality. It's an upgrade. That's what they're always about. Yeah. Every so Cyberman are... is is always a part of there's the person who they really were is always in there but with the doctor they haven't transformed him they've literally just added to him yeah yeah exactly but as it, there are some it does make for some a really i really like it's in a few things but when somebody plays both the good version plays a good guy and a bad guy in the same thing there's billions of things like that isn't there I mentioned it earlier logan does that doesn't he, he this he plays himself old and then he plays I mean, you look at any Batman so. comic and there's always Batman beating the shit out of Batman yeah Owlman as <laughs> ah um, but there's also a classic Doctor episode a Troughton one again there's a lot of Troughton themes in this one and that's because Neil Gaiman has always said that Troughton is his favourite Doctor and every episode he's ever written has real Troughton themes now anyway there's a Troughton episode called The Enemy of the World. And the, the concept of that one is basically they land on Earth in, I think, 2018, which obviously has since passed. But they land on Earth and the Doctor essentially gets arrested because they go, you're the evil dictator, Salamander. And the Doctor's like, you what? And then they show him a photo of this evil dictator who is like the spit of the Doctor. So Troughton in the episode plays the Doctor and Salamander. And it's great. Concept, it's like the 60s. And they really replicated that here with the Doctor and Mr. Clever. And I do think as much as the Doctor is quite an annoying he when he is mr clever um that's when he shines and like i said that's why the doctor doesn't save this episode but matt smith does in a way because you because matt smith is allowed to really stretch his legs i was okay same thing um (laughs) because i I was careful there because i wanted to say um spread his wings because my brain was like legs no he doesn't want to spread well if you said well if you if you, i said if you mix them if you spread your wings or stretch your legs if you said matt smith really gets to spread his legs that's when it <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> like no, but, i said like i said i don't know what episode what website you watched this on but you've given us a very no. different episode doctor i'm not going to say what the other word could have been but <laughs> no, i can't think of any so i'm not going to say anything uh no but matt he really gets to kind of sure of his acting capabilities as mr clever because you get to see you and you get to see the side of the doctor which he was able to show off in his first series yeah yeah but for some reason the writers decided let's keep that under wraps for this one so it's just because the doctor the whole point of the doctor is he's this facade of niceness but he's this dark traumatized character deep down and mr clever forces that out in a way that we don't usually see and we should have seen that more like, we should have seen some much darker stuff from Mr. Clever rather than him trying to flirt with Jenna. <sighs> got that right. But it, but I, I just, yeah, no, I think we could have got more from Mr. Clever. He's the standout, but you could have got more from him. You could have had him I, yeah, I guess really so. torment people. 
And if he knows everything about Clara, like rather than just being like, oh, he hasn't told you, he could have just gone, well, this is what this, and just completely shatter her mind. Mm. I've never known Cybermen to be tricksy. They're usually just straight to the point and evil. They are computers. Yeah, that's a nice point. I do like the, like you said um, in your Snapchat last night, when you said that when he does the impression of the Ninth Doctor, that's... Uh, that's he good. does the I like ninth that. doctor going into the tenth, going into the tenth doctor. I love that bit. Yeah, that's he does nice. Allons-y. I was like, I reckon because when he started doing the accent, I was like, this seems familiar. And then he went fantastic, and I was like, oh hello. Mm. And then he went Allons-y in a slightly. I did. He did make David slightly camp, which really fit actually. <laughs> Allons-y. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. But that was lovely because again, you get to see Matt's acting potential. Because remember, this is all this is all a precursor to the crown. So this is before he, you know, mm, you know, yeah, you know, you know, yeah. you know. Tell you what I like though. There's the only other point about Mr. Clever I've written is I love the gold reference because in classic Who, that's what they did all the time, especially in the eighties. It was like Cyberman chuck gold at it, and that was just their that was the way they solved every Cyberman story. It was just like, oh, I happen to have some gold foil in my pocket. Let's just rub that on a Cyberman. The end. So it was like I loved when they chuck the gold on his face and then they were like upgrading let's get over that stupid weakness so i did quite like that but that's the only other thing about mr clever i think i've written anyway shall we talk about something that has been ing- upgraded no the cybermen designs in this episode and everything that upgraded. goes upgraded uh-huh. everything that goes with them what i know you're not a fan of these cybermen so i'm i'm gonna say this but i know Who what is? you're gonna say i know what you're gonna say afterwards what do you think of these cybermen Right. Imagine a rainbow. Just a nice rainbow okay. right here. Yeah. Sure you picturing it? Yes, sure. Yeah. What do you now imagine a word within that rainbow? Okay. Indigo. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I detest these new Cybermen designs. They're cool and they're sci-fi and they're futuristic, but they're not scary and they look like plastic. There's no horror in them. Okay, right. I'm going to say my opinion now. Why are you so quiet? I shouldn't be. That was just because I was far away from the microphone. Yeah. Well, I was sat back like that. So what did you expect? Um, my opinion on the Cybermen, they look cool. I think they did a good job of making them threatening again. Whether that makes them scary is a different question, but threatening, they're definitely threatening. However, they are more robot than humans upgraded and because i've been to the doctor experience so many times and i've seen those suits up close and personal um i know that they are made of essentially rubber so when i see them moving in this episode i can't help unsee that rubber suit whereas at least cybus cybermen which are more chunky and ka-chung, 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 as they're walking around but at least they look convincing that's just, my opinion in a really monotone voice, but it's my opinion. <laughs> there's no... The Cybermen are upgraded humans. That should be deathly scary. They literally turn you into something you can't control. Yes. And instead, we get these cool-looking Iron Man robots. And it's like, yeah, they're cool-looking. Yes, they're going to sell toys, but I couldn't care less. Well, that the ironic thing is they didn't sell toys because they actually never made a toy of these Cybermen. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, they like made... They made, like a three, they made a three-inch one, but the actual five-inch proper range, they never made these Cybermen. 
which is really frustrating. I mean, anyway. why would you want it then? Well, for the set. It's just the... And the powers these Cybermen get doesn't... It, it feels like... Right. It's the classic Superman issue. If you give a character every single power known to man, then they don't. there's no threat. Like, there's no... I guess so. Yeah, it's the just, thing I the just, thing I like no about the thing I like about them is sort of the legend that surrounds it. Like when they say, if there's just one Cyberman on this planet, we need to blow it up because we can't have just one Cyberman. And the way that they they characterize that, I think, it was threatening. And then when they are all in that room and that one appears at the door, and you do hear the proper, and it's there. The only reason I like that music is because it reminds me of when Cybermen were scary. No, but I think it's one of my favourite Doctor Who themes because it's just a sense of dread whenever you hear that. And when there is just that one stood there, and everybody goes, oh, no, there's a Cyberman, and then it just dashes between them. Whether or not you ever think of that, that's the only time I've ever seen them do that speed effect. They never did it again. That's the only one time we saw it. But I think when you see that, I think it's quite a nice and new thing to see, considering it only happened the once and it wasn't just like they were speeding around all the time. I think it's quite a different take but on that it. That doesn't demonstrate to me the, the fear. Because, right, if a Cyberman can be that speedy, yes, and there's millions of them, yes. why was there any fighting back? Just pace, everyone's pace, done. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Maybe, you, it, was, maybe it was the only speedy one. That's not true, and you know that. What they should have done is they just should have had the Cyberman walk through the bad guys, well, the good guys in this situation, just walk through them. They're fighting it. He's just plowing through. That would show me, um, that would be scarier to me, and it would show more strength. But instead, you see him zip through, and it's like, well, now you're a superhero. It just Fair it, enough. It work for me. <laughs> No, I mean, if they had been doing that all the time, I wouldn't be a fan. But the, the fact is only once I can forgive it. But, the, but the, the fact that it's only once for me is the reason I can't forgive it. Because why why introduce that power if they're not going to use it constantly? Or if you can just do something that works better in its place, that mm, fits okay. more with the character. Maybe, fair enough. I see that. That makes sense. I don't know. I do like in this story that they are constantly upgrading. Like... Because that is the Cyberman's number one purpose is just to upgrade everything around it. Like the Dalek's number one purpose is just to destroy anything that isn't a Dalek. The Cyberman's purpose is just to upgrade whatever it can. So when they are literally throughout the episode, just like, oh, we've there's, they found a way to defeat us. Upgrade. We'll just up, update so that won't happen. I do like that. I do think that's a, a nice. Yeah. But I guess the problem with that is it just leads to the only way you can destroy them is just by blowing them up, I guess. But I don't know, it's quite a nice novelty idea, but whether where it takes you is a different question. This whole episode feels... It's a lot of running around in circles to get to the same point. Like, okay, one side, man, we're going to go... Blah, blah, we've got to blow up the planet. No, the Doctor will find a way around this, yet in the end, the solution is to just blow up the planet. It's, it's, there's yeah. no problem solving there. It's, right, what's the first and only solution? Blow up the planet. No, let's figure out so, how oh, it's going to be blowing up the planet. What's the point in this whole ring around the roses if you're not going to do something clever to solve the problem? Yeah, because the only... You don't the want only... the planet to blow up. Why do you blow up the planet? 
Because the only difference between then and now is when they say, I, we can't blow up this planet. The only different thing that happens between then and then actually blowing up the planet is Warwick Davis going, I'm the Emperor. And it's like, oh, great, we can all get off the planet now. Wait. When I sort of think, you've had a TARDIS this entire time. Yeah. Could you not have just got everybody in there, just gone, activate, close the door, and then just fly away? Do you know what I mean? Stupid, isn't it? <laughs> right, Mr. Warwick Davis, I know you're hiding from everything and you're the Emperor and all that, but the moment there's a Cyberman, could you have not just gone, right, I'm the Emperor, everyone come here? Because that's what an Emperor should do rather than let everyone on the... But, is, like, but isn't, isn't the he point that so he doesn't die. want to be? The point is that he doesn't want to be the Emperor, though, isn't it? Yeah, not wanting to be the Emperor and not being a saviour are two very different things. That's being a coward. Mm. I don't want to be the Emperor, but I could <laughs> save everyone here with a word. Because even the ending, when it's just, just before the credits, when he's in, in his ship with that random, you know, just person who works on the ship, and she says, there's no signs of any Cybermen left. And he goes, okay, good. Do you want to be the Emperor? And he's, cause he's just like, I don't want to do this. So I guess maybe, well, I guess Porridge is a coward then. I really. think he was just flirting with her. Do you want to be the Empress? And I was like, he's a sex pest. That's what this character is. Yeah, like I said, he's been me too since this, since this episode. There's going to be, watch, there'll be an episode in the future where Jodie Whittaker shows up on planet Siberia and she sees Warwick Davis on trial. <laughs> it's like, oh, what happened? And he's like, I love Sorry, how I, you I... chose to say Warwick Davis there, <laughs> not the Emperor. <laughs> well, like, you, well, we've already established that we're not on good terms. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one thing that does irritate me about the Sidemen in this episode, actually, if I had to pick something, I quite like that they are sort of like, we will do anything to upgrade you. Like, even like, I'm going to take my hand off and it will scuttle away like the Adams family and get you. I don't mind that. The thing that it annoys me is when they take their heads off. And the reason being is because we, when these Cybermen return next series in series eight, we see one of these Cybermen, Danny Pink, uh, Clara's boyfriend, he takes the face piece off and you can see his actual human head beneath it. And I quite like that because you can see, well, it is a human in this suit. That's yeah, okay, nice. that's that's good, yes. But it does mean, what, are there some Cybermen that don't have the head in the suit then? Because if he's able to just pull it, ooh, if he's able to just pull it off like that, like they do in this episode, you know what I mean? That sort of, it loses that, mm. you just think it's, it's more robotic just, a metal, again, yeah. just a metal shell, yeah. It's just and that's a what, robot doing robot stuff, whereas if yeah, the head is part of the body, you take the head off, the body shouldn't be able to do anything. But it's about that um, body body horror sense of like, Cybermen are Frankenstein zombie type things. So when, although I do like these Cybermen in a way because they look cool and they're like the Capaldi era Cybermen and I just have a soft spot for them, they are more robot than men in suits. And I think that takes away a lot of the scariness, the horror. Yeah. What do you think Cybermen should be? Do you think uh, they should lean into that body horror thing as well? Or? Oh, yeah. I No, right, okay. Cybermen have always been quite scary, and one of they're 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 sad as well. Like they're it's upsetting because this well the the scene that springs to mind is when you know when David in where he's do you remember no when he's in the tux and the Cyberman's and it's actually a woman is on the floor. Yeah, yeah. And it just starts crying and it's asking about its husband and it's it it's it's heartbreaking that scene and it shows you that. They are literally being used as this robot, but the moment you take away the emotion filter, it's that brain somewhere in there. 
and it's just a it's literally a mishmash of human and robot and it's and i find that scarier than it being a man like with danny pink where he's inside the suit but it is kind of fused to him that's scary but that's kind of like you don't look that bad but when you have there's nothing left human wise but it is all still there in the sense where it's just you've gone human blender into the big suit then it's scary because they're in there but it's like you can't bring those guys back at all you can't take that face mask off and you've got a face you take that face mask off you've got a brain in there that's not the person anymore i find that much scarier and i find that better for the cyberman the cybermen than having them just kind of be more sleek i it it, it looks better and it, especially like, yes, you can lean them into wanting to upgrade more. Fair enough. And that can be them wanting to use less of the human. But if you do that, it takes away the horror element. But if you do decide to do that, then just delve more into it being less of the human and more of just like the brain or the nervous system or something or just the lungs and the brain. That's scarier. Specify That's specify what you've taken from the human. Yes, don't be yeah. just like we're going to use less human and then show me the whole fucking body in there. You show me just the head. That's not very scary because I can I can see and my brain's going to fill in the gaps and just say that's just a man in a suit. But if you show me the brain and just the lungs, like okay, the best way they can do the body horror is have you seen the RoboCop remake? I refuse to watch it. Okay, right. Um, I'm going to share my screen. because. <laughs> how should. dare they remake it? I know, I know, I know. Can you, how do I share my, oh, I can. Okay. Oh, hello. Hello. Uh, what is it? Um, Robocop remake. Julia Roberts, why did you search that? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> uh, Robocop remake, let me think. Um, uh, what's that? Actually, Doctor Who did a uh, publicity stunt once. I think it was for like a virtual game kind of, you know, one of those VR game things. And they just got a load of the these current Cybermen, not these Jodie Whittaker Cybermen, Cybermen we're talking about. They got a bunch of them and they just walked around Birmingham. And oh. I think that, that would have looked, imagine just being on like an escalator and the Cybermen going down the other one. That would have been so bizarre. Well, there you Ugh. go. I know it's a bit small, but that's literally what's left of Robocop. And that's nice. his brain. You can see his brain, and it's a full scene. And those are just his lungs, and he, this goes down to his just right hand. Yeah. For, all the, <laughs> for everything about this remake, this scene is horrifying, and it shows you just how much is left. That's his gullet, and he, you can see it moving. It's incredible CG, but it is scary. And that's what I think the Cybermen need to delve into more, really. Mm, that's why I liked the Capaldi episode with uh, the, the two masters because mm. that's that scene where they've got all the patients on that ward and they're all like you know you can't see the faces they're all gagged up and everything and there's that one just pressing the emotion suppressor whatever it's called and it's just going pain 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 repeatedly that is genuinely not just one of the scary scenes of Doctor Who one of the scary scenes I've ever mm. seen full stop. I, I have seen that episode and it is phenomenal that bit and it just shows you the Cybermen if you right if you go into this version of the Cybermen where they're cool and they're just trying to be robots then they're boring characters it's just another yeah. robot 
but if you go into delving into the body horror, they become something unique and they become this staple of science fiction horror. Yeah, that's what because be. when that I think, like I said, you said earlier, you know, the the best Simon stories, David Tennant one. I I do think it is that Capaldi one, just because of that chop shop hospital. Yeah. Everything in there is disgusting, and it's just that is cyber men. Like they're not just cybers, they're not just robots, but they're cyber. They are men. There are people in there. That's the vital component. And this and in this episode, which we're talking about, they like the one we just watched. Obviously, there's they keep saying the Cy- Siberia, the cybers, and it's just kind of like you're forgetting the, the scary bit there are about people, this. There, you're forgetting that there's people in there. Mm. They don't portray them enough as scare- as this human turned into robot. Like especially that's, with the kids, that's, the that's kids just it, have something yeah. attached, and then they're saved. That's it. Yeah, because whereas that's what I'm saying about that's what I'm saying about the difference between them feeling threatening and scary. There is a difference there because that's when when he arrives at that door and you and that that is threatening to me, but it's not scary because you're not thinking, oh, that's a man turned robot. You're just going, there's a fast robot that's going to shoot me. That's the difference. So I do think they're threatening. I don't think they're scary. Scary comes from in these Simon terms, like. I bet we're all traumatized as children who watch Doctor Who by all those people queuing up and oh, those things yeah. above them. That is terrifying because that's when it reminds you these are people. Or the Mondasian Cybermen, like I talked about. The original Cybermen. It feels like the original Cybermen were like, yeah, these are Cybermen. They just gradually got further away from the point until they, until they pulled it back again. But in that Capaldi episode, when we see the origin of those Cybermen, because it was always a joke that those original Cybermen, it was just men with like human hands. And you can see they do have human hands in the original thing. But in the Capaldi episode, they contextualized that and went, yeah, they are human hands, but it's a robot arm. And that's like, Ugh, uh, do you know what I mean? That's when it's like, I like that element of it. It's As much as I do think these Cybermen look cool, I think they sort of, I think as I've come to appreciate Cybermen more as the body horror element, the fact they just look cool has been diminished by everything else around them and the fact i can tell they are just rubber suits with that stupid walk and (laughs) just to reinforce what you were saying about the body horror in this episode you don't see anyone turn into the cybermen and even the ones that are turned into these zombies you don't really feel anything for them but if you look at David Tennant's episodes, when it's a two-parter and then the people become the Cybermen, and then you see Peter Capaldi's where Bill becomes a Cyberman. And but in both those instances, you meet characters, so Bill, and then you have the people in David Tennant's episodes, and you get to know them as people. Yeah. And then you meet them as Cybermen. And you really, seeing someone you've grown an attachment for, or at least know about, then seeing them turn into this thing, is hurts, and it is so much more dark and scary than if you just see someone you've met for a minute. I've got the last, my only last two notes are things I'm going to say at the end. So I'm going to say now, shall we go on to what would we do to fix it? Yes. If we have time, I might edit this out, but if we have time, let's just, (laughs) what would you do to fix it? I think my simple ones would be remove the children, give Jason (laughs) what, give some, my, right. My reworks would be remove the children. Give Jason Watkins more to do. Recast Warwick Davis. <laughs> I'm sorry for all this beef, but recast. Cybermen, 
give them more of the body horror thing and don't just make them generic robots. Um, what else would you add to that? Would you agree with those four? Uh, yes, but maybe a tweak on the children. You could have the kids, but if you really want to go down a dark path, you can have the kids turn into child Cybermen. Maybe yes, but also it's sort of like a common rule that you never kill children and things, do you? Not unless it's like an 18 plus, but anyway. Yeah, that'd, make it, that'd make it really dark. There you it? go. See? That dead children like... in Doctor yeah. Who. I mean, they're not dead, they're Cybermen. Uh, that's a way to get around it. Is there anything you would? <laughs> is there any? Is there anything you would add? To, I actually can't hold up four fingers like that. So I'm having to do. But was there anything you would add to that? I'd have Mr. Clever show a lot more of a darker side to the Doctor, and I want the Doctor to be ashamed of what Mr. Clever says because he knows it is yes, true. Yes, yes, yes. It's a good idea. And Neville Longbottom's comical castle, all of that whole scene with a stupid army, the. Hopeless get, army. Just, get, just, I, just, just get just get rid of the army and make it. I would a, rather just. I would rather just. Team. Just a generic army would be fine. Do you know or, what I mean? I don't yeah, need them to either be either a generic army or a fire team of like two to three people, close knit soldiers who've been through a lot of stuff. Done. Yeah. Um. What else? I think that's all. I'd quite, I'd quite like the original uh, Neil Gaiman idea to have the different armies of Cybermen at the end. I'd quite like to see that. But yeah, we did, but I, but I think did, not getting that now means it means a lot more when we get in the, the Capaldi episode. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, because I sort of think, but I sort of think it would have been nice to see even more Cybermen. Like there's once I showed a picture of earlier the two of the Cybermen. Cybermen. We did, they weren't in the Capaldi episode. It would have been nice to see them. It'd have been nice to see the eighties Cybermen, like just mm. as many Cybermen as we could. But obviously, there's only so many suits that exist still. Do you know what I mean? So, I mean, all of those Cybermen were CG, which looked abysmal. You didn't need to, like they were, like when they were all lined up on the grass. I was like, this looks like someone's gone. Let's make one Cyberman. Copy, paste, 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 copy, paste, paste. paste, paste. <laughs> a, a row of people moving identically, and I'm like, I know they're Cybermen, and I know they're robots, and they move identically. But come on. So one of them's going to have a servo motor, so they aren't going to move the same. And yeah, there's a there's a Capaldi episode, actually. Do you remember the one where he's with Davros on um, yes. Scaro? It's, it's, it's really neat. First time I saw it, I noticed this, but then I couldn't spot it again every single time I rewatched it. It wasn't until I rewatched it earlier this year that I spotted it again. There's a shot of the Scaro sort of like skyscape, and you can see all these um, Daleks just flying around. And the first time I noticed it, I noticed that one of the Daleks bounces off like a... Uh, wall like it just it just flies into a building and goes ooh, and then flies away and the first time i saw that i noticed it but then every time i watched it again i was like did i make that up because i can't see it anymore but the last time i rewatched it i noticed it again and it does just go whoop, and then fly away and i love that just tiny little cgi detail they're not just generic things flying around so like you said there could have been one of these cybermen you know that we've got all these rows but then maybe there's just one somewhere that just trips over something do you know what i mean yeah. just just Add just to be like something. just to be like did you notice that cyberman that did that one thing just to make it you know but I think that's all we've got on what would you do to fix it, really. I love how these sections are getting gradually shorter and yeah. shorter because we just basically just bullet point them. Um, streamline. Now. Yeah, st- streamline. We have, we've upgraded it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Ooh. my overall feelings on this episode are mixed because there are things I like. There are things I don't like. Do I cut out? Oh, he's showing us his pop. 
not really relevant. Not really relevant to this episode, but sure. Look, I'm half David Tennant. Oh, I see what you did there. Look. Anyway, so yeah, my my feelings on this episode are generally mixed, which is different, really, because we usually when we go into these podcasts, I come in either going I like this one or I don't like this one. There are very few I've come away from going. Yeah, I'm not really sure, and I'm still not really sure because there are things I like. But having watched it again in the context of doing this podcast, I found it so boring. Mm. Which Would I never I have watched this one anytime soon, unless I'm doing a marathon. No. So that's no. It was weird watching this on its own because I thought even the, the scene where the children expose Clara, for want of a better word, as a time traveler, I thought that was the cold open of this episode. I was very confused when it wasn't there. Mm. So I feel like this episode only really makes sense to me. And maybe I can only enjoy it when I watch it in the context of series seven. Context is good for these episodes, but they've still got to be standalone. So they probably should have. Yeah, especially, especially because this series was actually designed as the standalone series. There are no two parts in this series because each one was supposed to be a blockbuster single mm. entity. Blockbuster. So, so having that, um, that was what they've described as blockbuster episodes. Wouldn't really class this episode as each a blockbuster, one had, but... Each one had their own like movie poster and stuff. That was the idea of Series 7. And it didn't work because this is my least favourite series, bar the uh, Jodie Whittaker ones. So, yeah, that's my final opinion. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Well, that's, that's... not tenable. Join us... <laughs> <laughs> I think there are two ways to sign this one off because there were two lines that the, the doctor had in this. Well, technically one's Mr. Clever. There's one where when he says goodbye to Clara at the end, he says, I'll see you next Wednesday, last Wednesday, a Wednesday, one of the Wednesdays. And I think we should say that about our podcast, especially after we had last week yeah. off. We should just go, I'll see you next Sunday or last Sunday, a Sunday, one of the Sundays. I think that was a good way to sign off. And I also liked when, um, you know, I've heard Toodaloo Toodaloo be saying lots of... I, I love... Oh, but I when love he the, said that, when he said that, like the moment before, I was like, my brain went, toodaloo, and he went, toodaloo, and I was like, ah! ah! <laughs> I loved it, because it was the most aggressive toodaloo I've mm. ever heard, when he just goes, toodaloo! And yeah, then he I loved it. Away. So there it was my... so... <laughs> that's the thing, the Doctor, he, he does get pissed off at everyone around him, so I, embrace that side. The next Doctor should be just a renegade, absolutely evil, just stabs people. Ah! Well, that's, that's what the kind of Capaldi, though, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, did he, didn't Capaldi... stab, he didn't stab people. Exactly. But I mean, you, you, you I, didn't, quite, didn't go far enough, if I'm saying. His, uh, Doctor his with Toodaloo. I think that's very Capaldi. So I think that brings us to the end. Speaking yes. of Capaldi, we are returning to Capaldi next week, who, of course, who again, we haven't done since episode three, because we basically just talk about Tenant all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to do Capaldi. I'm, I'm okay with that. And we're going to be doing Kill the Moon, which is a very heavily maligned episode. Whenever you, whenever I, you mention Capaldi, you always in some way mention how sh shockingly bad Kill the Moon is. Or at least that's what people think. Yeah, I do, because it is <laughs> awful. <laughs> <laughs> it is. But that's us next week. We will actually be back next week, because I am... Hopefully, I'm not going to be ill again. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Toodaloo!